This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of... This place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Listen to the West Amway podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. This week we talk about the Rangers game, our time in Glasgow, a bizarre flight home, and Jesse Lingard before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, as you know, I'm not big on friendlies. For me, pre-season is about fitness and avoiding injuries in the process. But that said, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to go to Ibrox to watch us play against Rangers. And that's what we did. We both had standard tickets, but thanks to a very kind patron of ours called Will Roth, we were upgraded to corporate. So what did you think of the game and the experience in the chairman's suite? Um, well, I think when you say upgraded to corporate, that's an understatement. We were upgraded. Yeah, just the, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were upgraded to the chairman's suite. I mean, it, it was uh, <laughs> unbelievable. It was, um, yeah, it was just like a, an amazing experience. Um, that we got to see the trophy cabinet um, or trophy room, should I say, rather than you know, the multiple cabinets in there. I know it's a bit of a two-horse race in uh, in Scotland, but um, yeah, we got to see that where there was a bike and a few other random uh, <laughs> items that they'd won over the years. Um, had a meal, had a meal in the chair suite where the chairman actually wasn't but it's the guests of the chairman and they had numerous ex-rangers players uh marvin andrews who was a center back for them um, a polish right back that currently plays for them i forgot his name but he was the first guest um gordon jury was there the older tottenham and chelsea forward so it was good to kind of mingle there and the seats were obviously brilliant as well just slightly to the left of the halfway line as you looked at the pitch and a great view uh really we sat at a table with wheels obviously a a diamond fella and then um sat with three Rangers fans that we'd never met but yeah all of them were top blokes as well so really enjoyable really nice meal um 
you know, impressive, impressive Rangers Stadium. I mean, obviously we can talk about what we did the next day out in a bit, but we went to Ibrox on a Tuesday and then we watched the game, obviously. Um, everything was brilliant up until that point. And as is often mm. the case of West Ham, the match spoilt the, the occasion. <laughs> I mean, uh, West Ham were pretty poor, to say the least. I, in fact, mm. I'd go beyond that and say they were terrible. Never offered anything going forward, really. Obviously, we scored a goal, but it was... You know, majorly scrappy. Um, no, um, Antonio, Mikel, Antonio, Mr. Mikel, Antonio, sorry, Mr. Numerous chances, particularly one, one on one, which he did against Ipswich as well. So a bit worrying about his, if he's going to be, you know, back in, in form at the start of the season. And then, uh, yeah, I just thought we were poor going forward and, but, uh, you know, weak at the back. And obviously the game was marred by the injury to Aguerd as well. So, yeah, bad mm. day in the office, really, in terms of the football. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, going back to Chairman Sweet, I probably didn't do it justice to say it was upgraded to corporate, like you say, because it was it was incredible. Really nice atmosphere. Good lads that we sat with. Um, and I mean, it was really nice food. And I love my food, but fuck me. We had four courses, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> yeah. And then at half time, there was a meat pie on offer. After the four <laughs> courses, by the way, 45 minutes later, there was a meat pie on offer. And then after the game, it was cheese and biscuits, wasn't it? And brandies and beers and all that. I'd say him up in shit like a police trunks in the next morning. Um, <laughs> it was unbelievable. And, um, and, and what's even more unbelievable is you didn't even take a half-time pie. I didn't. No, I didn't. Mate. I didn't have the room for it. I, I was trying to work out how you did. No, um, I mean, to be fair, that you know, the good thing about me is that my belly seems to be able to expand on command. So whenever I eat a lot or drink a lot, it just it allows me to. It just gets a lot bigger. And I, I honestly think I can fluctuate massively in weight. Like sometimes, like two days earlier, someone said, God, you're looking like you've lost loads of weight. And then two days later, after a, a heavy session or a, a big binge of eating, they'll say, oh, mate, you know, you, <laughs> not that people tend to say this to you, but you can tell they're not as impressed as they, they they were two days ago, <laughs> uh, about to go on holiday two weeks uh, for two weeks, um, just before the Man City event. So I'm bringing me at my fattest ever. So that's a <laughs> great, great time as the new season starts. <laughs> but no, the hospitality was unbelievable. And it's it's hard to really add to what you said about the game because it's pretty much word for word what I'd say. I totally agree. It was so slow, painfully boring at times, no creativity in the final third, no fluidity to our play at all. I mean, Aguirre getting injured early on was a heart-stopping moment, wasn't it, really? And, you know, you see his ankle blown up straight away and he thought, oh, and, and, and this bloody typical of West Ham and a new signing. Funnily enough, ironically, I thought Diop played really well when he came on. And uh, yeah. I think along with Vlasic, they were probably our best players, to be honest. But generally speaking, it was a lacklustre performance, really. But to be fair, I thought Rangers played really well. And that third goal was probably one of the best team goals I've seen for a very long time. So it was a bit of the two, really, when I thought we were poor. I thought they were good. Um, really good experience, but just poor viewing, really, wasn't it? Which is a yeah. shame. It's, it's um, funny you should pick out Diop and um, Flasic because obviously at the start of the of the season, they were probably the two players that you could almost guarantee would be the first two out the door in terms of like, you know, other than the ones obviously that contracts released and stuff, but in terms of like the senior ones, but with the injuries to Aguerd and Dawson and, and Ogbonna returning to fitness, Diop has become, again, a very important player for us now. Um, and I don't reckon at this rate we'll be able to sell him um, before this window closes because it'd be too much of a gamble. I mean, they're said to have a, a replacement lined up for Diop, but it's, it's a massive gamble if you sell someone that does know the league, 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying the replacement doesn't, but does know the does know the club, does have experience um, of playing for West Ham and then playing well. So they bring some that doesn't. So I think Duke will probably stay now. Be interested to see what happens with Flasic because we are linked with attacking midfielders, and obviously we'll come to it. But we've missed out on Lingard now. So does he does he still have a role to play? You would never have thought that, uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago. No, it's funny, you know, and along with fitness and avoiding injuries to key players, it is also a chance to have a look at some other players isn't it? and and look to see if you can have your, your mind changed maybe and see if there is a future for some of these fringe players or players that you thought were potentially going to be out the door. And that's something else that Moyes in the team will be looking at. Um, so look, it wasn't a great performance, but that said, I don't think we can read too much into it. I mean, I remember when we won every single friendly under Avram Grant and we got relegated. So it's not the end of the world. But we move on, don't we? Um, what did you think of Glasgow? Your first time uh, in Scotland as well, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I feel relieved I actually made it back in one piece because I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but I've attempted to go to Scotland twice before. The first time um, was um, to go to Edinburgh and volcanic ash clouds in, what, 2010, I think it was, grounded all flights. So I couldn't go. That's what, That was my mini moon. After my honey, after my wedding, a couple of days away with the, the wife, and I managed to, when the volcanic ash cloud came and we had to choose a new destination, I think I've told this story story before I chose Chester because West Ham are playing Liverpool up there and managed to blag her to come uh, come to that game with me but then West Ham, right. lost, West Ham lost 3-0 and I got food poisoning so it was all karma in the end but so I didn't make it to Edinburgh for that game uh, for that sorry that that um, time and then I was meant to go to Scotland during lockdown because obviously you couldn't travel abroad and stuff but we thought right well let's have some you know form of different culture and stuff we've never been to Scotland let's go to Scotland and stay on a, a campsite up there you know one of those haven like holiday camp things and we went to stay on that and then um yeah the the two days before we were due there was flash storms and our caravan got washed away so it almost, <laughs> like, it almost mate, what was a caravan made out of <laughs> yeah, i don't know mate but well, <laughs> how, away. You know, how strong was the storm that's the one that we used to see <laughs> three questions that need to be asked i think the caravan i think the caravan remained on the site it was just like about 10 20 meters <laughs> further down than it started but uh yeah so anyway so coming up to third time obviously your third time lucky is the phrase but three's an unlucky number so depends on what way you look at it I was worried I wouldn't actually make it to Scotland I didn't tell you this beforehand just in case the plane came crashing down or something but we did make it to Scotland We did, I have now officially been I've now ticked off the whole of um, Great Britain um, and Ireland uh, as my um, and Northern Ireland well, Northern Ireland obviously is part of uh, Great Britain and um, yeah and, I, and I'm, I've made it there so Glasgow I am um, I, I, people had told me that it was an awful place and I, I was going to hate it. But actually, on you know, from what I saw, yes, there are parts that are rough and there are a few parts that you think, oh, I probably wouldn't want to be walking around here late at night um, as an Englishman. But uh, it's uh, there are some really nice parts of Glasgow and actually I was pleasantly surprised. I think it's probably the, the right way to describe it. Yeah, I think it's all about perception isn't it? and expectations. And we've said this quite a lot before. I think if you're told Glasgow's a shithole, Glasgow's a shithole, and then you go there and actually you, the word shithole doesn't come to your head straight away, then you're pleasantly surprised and then you, you kind of embrace it. If someone would have said, oh, Glasgow is the most incredible city ever, you'll love it. I think we'd now be saying it was a bit of a disappointment. So it's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sort of manager expectation scenario, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like I say, you know, the first time we were there, first day we were there, 
Went to the game, uh, suited and booted, caught for hospitality, brilliant. Game was shit. Uh, went back, had some drinks at the hotel, and then woke up the next day and then kind of made the most of our last day, really, which started at the uh, uh, Celtic Park, which was a tour of the stadium, um, which was an interesting start as well, X, wasn't it, to be fair? Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I seem to, like, you know, get a bit, oh, we need to talk about your luckiness at some point as well. But um, <laughs> We will. We will. Well, okay. So uh, we were by the stadium. And often when I do this, like randomly when I go to stadiums, it used to happen a lot at West Ham or when I'd randomly go with mates to sort of, they might go and get a shirt from Arsenal and I'd tag along with them. Randomly, I'd always be able to find like a turnstile or a, or a gate or something that was open to actually get on the pitch. And, I, and I, I didn't say that to you before because I didn't want to sort of tempt fate, but there was part of me that thought, just knew I was going to get on the pitch at um, Celtic Park. And as we turned up, there was some building work going on sort of in the corners, um, in one of the corners. And I said to you, mate, and it's usually you that's the rebel, but for once my rebel side came out and you, yeah. you, needed, you needed a bit of persuading. So I was like, mate, listen, let's just go through. And you were like, we can't, there's people building work going on. And I was like, oh, fuck it, what, what can they do? Tell us off, that's it. So we walked through and a couple of people looked up us funnily we just, we just kept going and just kept going and just kept going and then we got onto the pitch and we were standing by the corner flag and like imagining what it'd be like to cross one in and then uh, after about what maybe five minutes maybe a bit less that we heard I heard the, rah, 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 yeah. and I said and I said and I was like I was like saying to you I said to you what was that and they were like and you were like down there and I was like rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and eventually we managed to sort of distantly translate that it was the groundsman telling us to get off the pitch so we got off the pitch we got, we got off the pitch and kind of stood on the side and then all of a sudden another man appeared from nowhere didn't he and, es- and, es- and escorted us off the premises and I said to him oh come on mate you can't blame us really get take the chance he was like I can't I'm not going to discuss that said, no, I can blame you it's health and safety risk and I was like oh mate come on we just stood on a football pitch and he's like, yeah, but there's building work going on. But anyway, to round the story up, yeah, we did we did get a great start by actually being able to stand on the pitch um, yeah. before we started our tour. Yeah, and it's just not something you ever get to do on a tour ever because groundsmen are so overly protective of the grass. I don't know what they think we're going to fucking do on it, like start building a, a new estate or something. We're only fucking <laughs> yeah. stepping on it with our trainers. <laughs> <Sand> um, castles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not like we had an Iron Man jetpack that we were going to fucking stand in the centre circle with, is it? You know what I mean? And, and you're quite right. When we're walking along, I couldn't believe we got that far, to be honest. No, no. I saw the workman. I don't know if people thought that we were two, like, shit new signings that were just exploring <laughs> no. the stadium. Yeah, no one said a word, did they? No. Well, I think I think if you thought we were both of us were two new signings, of, uh, like late thirties and early forties, both overweight and uh, incredibly, incredibly unfit. I mean, yeah. I mean uh, that'd be your moment. We did quite well in that league, then. Yeah, yeah exactly. Still managed twenty-five goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was funny because it was. It's so silly, isn't it? Because we're walking along the pitch, and it's just in your mind. You know what you can and can't do. And like we're walking literally along the sideline and it's literally like if you just stick your toe past that white byline, it's like you've suddenly walked into no man's land, isn't it? It's only an inch difference. It's the same grass. You're just crossing the fucking coloured part of it. And we did that and we're sort of walking along. And like you say, you're quite right. You could just see this little speck at the other end of the stadium. (laughs) It's just saying, hey. (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and he must have radioed in uh you know the little fella that come over and like you say he had the with us but i'm pleased we done it because it, it gave us a real good perspective um 
uh, if you're a player, you know, because we stood at the corner flag and you just look around and, and it was so impressive. But the, And that brings me on to the tour because that was fantastic. I mean, so much history. Changing rooms were bang average, but the stadium mm. was lovely. And do you know what? Even as a West Ham fan, for a brief second, I took my claret and blue hat off. And when you walk through the tunnel towards the pitch, they, they played for the benefit of the uh, attendees. You'll never walk alone. And as you're walking through that tunnel, you almost just put yourself into a player's mind. And it did give you goosebumps a little bit. And I just thought, God, you know what? This must be a great club to play for. And uh, text Johnny Artson and Frank McAvenny saying the same thing. And, and they said it is. It's a fantastic club. And then John was very quick to remind me of how many goals he scored at, at Celtic as well, which I thought was quite funny. But people in Glasgow, I know this sounds like an obvious thing to say, but it does make me chuckle. They're so Glaswegian, aren't they? I yeah. mean, if you remember, we was walking towards a club shop and we saw this mum and a kid and I think the kid must have been about four. And the only words we heard her say to her kid was, yeah, well, your dad's an arse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? Even the graffiti on the back of the toilet door in Celtic Park was typically Glaswegian, right? <laughs> we got into the toilet at Celtic Park um, and we've gone into the cubicles, exiting the next trap. And I've looked on the back of the door and it says, Bernard Higgins, get to fuck. <laughs> and they love that in Glasgow, don't they? Get to fuck. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense, though. Does it? <laughs> and the graffiti also doesn't explain what Bernard's actually done wrong. So to the neutral, publicly Teddy Bernard Higgins to get the fuck. <laughs> Sounds a bit harsh. It's again. There's just so many questions that need answering. You know, what did Bernard do? And, and, and what? Did, and, and, and who's the other person that's telling him to get to fuck? And, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, and also, uh, Bernard Higgins. What was his name? Bernard Higgins, yeah? Bernard Higgins. I've still Bernard... got the picture. I'll share it on Telegram. I took a picture of it. <laughs> Bernard Higgins, in my eyes, sounds like, like a granddad that would suck Werther's originals. So I should have said that whole suck thing probably made people think we'd go in another direction. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. suck Werther's, Werther's originals, not be involved in or whatever he's been accused of being involved in. So. <laughs> Poor old Bernard. I'd love to know the know. story there. Yeah. Uh, but they love that out there, get to fuck. I heard it loads of times. Like we'll, probably say, find, we'll probably find out that Bernard Higgins, I'm going to actually Google it now, just in case it's not some like massive Rangers legends or something like that, that we've never heard of. Right? Bernard yeah. Higgins, Glasgow. Let's have a look what comes up. Bernard Higgins, Glasgow. <laughs> He's a former police commander, so it could. Oh, no, oh. You know, oh wait, no, he is someone. How no, Celtic, no, he's how, not. He is how Celtic fans beat Bernard Higgins. There's a whole article on it. Let me have no a look at way. Yeah, let's have a look. Plans to appoint police constable Bernard Higgins, who had once overseen a crackdown on football fans as Celtic's new head of security, were met with mass protests by fans, and this time the rebels won. So he's a, he's actually a figure. No way. So now it's been yeah. put into context. Yeah. Yeah. He's a police wow. assistant chief constable. We actually, look, wow. Bernard Higgins, over 100 Celtic fan groups, protest his appointment as senior top police officer. Why? Wow. I don't know. I have to read the articles, I guess. But it's, um, hold on. I can give you the top the top heading. Over 100 Celtic fans protested, blah, blah, blah. They have written to the club's chief executive as, and they, as they will refuse to recognise or engage with Mr. Higgins. Mr. Higgins, if appointed, Higgins was in, heavily involved in setting up the Offensive Behaviour at Football Act, which was introduced in 2012 in a bid to clamp down on sectarianism. Um, 
Oh, really? So yeah, it's a so, bit political then by the sound of it. Yeah. So Bernard Higgins isn't as innocent as we first thought. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know if he does suck Werber's originals, but he certainly causes controversy. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I just love that, though. That's so funny because, yeah. you know, right, I mean, that cubicle doll was big as well. You know, if that person was genuinely passionate and wanted to, you know, immortalise his opinions on Bernard Higgins, he could have written a hell of a lot about him, but he just went with, Bernard Higgins, get the fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, listen, I know there's a big alliance between West Ham and Rangers, right? But is it fair to say that after our experience at Celtic Park, if it wasn't for the political stance of the club, we would prefer Celtic to Rangers. Yeah, I just uh, the stadium was just a bit more impressive. I mean, obviously we didn't get a tour of Rangers as such, and we didn't get to stand on the pitch and that. But when we get a tour of Celtic and you see the passion and, and the, the story of where the club originated from, and you're looking at the ground and, and the colours, I like the colours of the team as well, there's something that you know, really, really is fascinating and interesting about Celtic. And, you know, I like Rangers and, and, you know, I've never really been one that would go either way with Rangers and Celtic. I think probably if I was pushed because of the English players, namely Gascoigne being the main one that played for Rangers, I'd probably err on their side. But again, it's never, you know, Decadio, for example, makes me like Celtic. So I've never really had a strong opinion. But just on those first impressions of the stadium and... Yeah, I think I probably would edge towards them. Not that I'm yeah. saying I will do, but if I was a neutral and there was none of this whole, I don't know, other side to it, I think just on what we saw on those two days, then I think I would be, yeah. Yeah. And listen, I know that won't go down well with some. I remember at the airport when I told Stevie Guy we were going for a tour there and he looked at me like, just run over his dog. No, he's right. He let me off because I showed yeah. him a picture of me doing the cross dammers at Selby Park. He said, as it's you, I'll, I'll let you off. Oh, did um, <laughs> but, but there is it's a lot of passion um, in that connection between West Ham and Rangers. And, you know, uh, of course, patriotism plays a massive part. So Rangers are also connected to the likes of uh, Millwall and Chelsea, you know, so it's not exclusive to West Ham, but there is a, a decent connection there. And lots of West Ham are meeting up with lots of Rangers in pubs, etc. So, I mean, it's an incredibly intense and volatile scenario, really, in Glasgow. Um, but I, I just thought Celtic, incredible history. You, you really have to learn the story. It's just jaw-dropping, really, of, of how how they formed and, and what they went through and uh, what they've achieved. Um, superb stadium. And also, it's in a poorer part of Glasgow as well which I think gives it some romantic charm, in my opinion. So was very impressed. But, you know, for the political reasons, I think I would stick with Rangers. But like you, you know, I'm, I'm not really fussed either way. I don't really have affiliation with any club other than West Ham, to be honest with you. A lot of people do, but um, it's not for me. But then from there, and you know what's coming, people? We jumped on an open tour bus ride of Glasgow. What did you think yeah. of that? Um it was it was a, it was a nice day. It was obviously sunny, so the, the environment of the open bus tour was was really good. Uh, we actually had a live tour host um, this time, whereas before it's always been recorded messages, hasn't it? So yeah. So we got the actual privilege of a Glasgow Egan um, in the actual bus, um, and she she was good, intense at times, but good. Um, and <laughs> you know that it was interesting. 
But I wouldn't say, oh, wasps just flown into the podcast room. That's going to annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, I wouldn't have said it was my, um, my favourite city tour. We didn't see anything. I, I actually wish, and maybe they tried to avoid it purposefully, but I actually wish they had talked a bit about the Rangers-Celtic thing and, and the divide between the city and some of the yeah, history of Yeah, they that. didn't mention it, did didn't they? didn't even mention it, no. And it was like, you know, we saw some interesting things. You know, we went to... Um, some park i've forgotten the name of it now and there was a you know there was nelson's column there and we saw uh, a few other things didn't we that were, were of interest but yeah I, I wouldn't say it ranks up there with one of the best ones i've done in terms of what i learned but it would be um it was worth doing nonetheless i don't i genuinely i know people take the piss out of me for the open bus tours but i genuinely think they are worth doing because i can think where i've seen glasgow i know what's there i know a bit of the history i've seen a few of the sites and it took me an hour well, job done don't have to worry about it anymore yeah no spot on and i was one of those people when you very first suggested that took the piss but now i'm a convert so yeah i'm on your side mate i would recommend them to anyone wherever you are because like you've always said and it's absolutely true if you are visiting somewhere it is the quickest way of seeing as as much of that place as possible um but i i thought it was funny the tour you know it, uh, yeah i mean i suppose you could put it a bang average and i think you probably had about 20 to 25 stopping points and talking points and the live guide she knew her stuff to be fair she was really really good but what made me laugh right and i swear to god this could only happen in glasgow i don't know if they were struggling for points at this point but for some reason one of the points was a Weatherspoons pub. <laughs> so we're on this bus, right? And we've stopped. And all of a sudden she's gone, now if you look to your left, that building on the corner is a Weatherspoons. Very generously placed and is in fact part of a franchise. That one there belongs to the city of Glasgow. The city of Glasgow. Your impressions, honestly, is a talent. Like she literally sounded exactly like that. I don't she know did. how you do. No, she I did. don't know. I don't know how you do this. Seriously, <laughs> like that literally, that literally could have been her. Honestly, it's a talent. It was. It was honestly. To be fair, she did sound like that, and I thought, how the fucking hell was a Weatherspoons pub got into the bus tour of Glasgow? You know, it's almost as if you're waiting for it to say, "Now, if you look to your right, you'll see an estate where you can buy smack, crack, and cocaine <laughs> at very competitive prices." Some would say the most competitive in Europe. In Europe. So, yeah, going from the beauty of seeing organically grown orange trees in Seville to a fucking Weatherspoons in Glasgow did highlight the difference between the cities, I think. But you know what, though, mate? That wasn't even the worst bit for me, right? At one point, we're driving past this big car. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say now. I've actually hadn't remembered that until you just said that. Now just going to At one point, right, we're driving past this big park and there were three young lads sitting down on the grass, right? I reckon about... 15, 16 years old. And I've made eye contact with one of them, right? And he's waved at me. And I went, oh, and I waved back. The second I'd done that, he put his middle finger up at me and started doing wanker signs. <laughs> I felt like such a prick, honestly. I mean, we already looked like a pair of saps anyway, sitting next to each other on this open top bus ride. And now he's just completely mugged me off. I don't think I was the same person with the rest of the tour, to be honest. Absolutely done me. <laughs> and he kept and he kept because it was like a square wasn't it so he kept sort of going past yeah. it and he was and he was he was just cracking up and laughing at you every time <laughs> couldn't get away from it no. you could, if you turned the corner you'd just be literally 
doing circles around him. I, honestly, I felt like I was in a lion's den. I didn't know where to look. Um, oh, God. But I'll tell you what. I mean, finally, we have to talk about the flight home. I, I still can't get my head around it. Can you? No, no. It's, it's, I just I don't understand the logic at all. I really don't. Well, right. So to put it into perspective, we get on this plane, right, which was initially delayed, and then they reversed the delay, which I've never seen before in an airport. So we're now on time, right? But one of the first people that we're greeted by was this air steward, right? Big lump, ginger geezer, very camp. Anyone on the flight will know exactly who I'm talking about. And he had the ump the second everyone stepped on the plane. I don't know what his problem was, but he didn't want to be on that flight, right? He had a bee in his bonnet about summing. Now, from your perspective, tell us about your first encounter with him, because I think what you're about to talk about was the straw that broke the camel's back in his eyes. So talk us through <laughs> your encounter with him, which then led to somewhat of a disaster for me and you. Well, basically, what happened was is that there was, I think he had a little bit of, um, like, sort of a bit of a running with the guy that was just behind us hadn't he like i think i don't know what had happened i think the guy behind us had been moved and maybe he was a bit unhappy about it so there'd always been a bit of like tension caused anyway um and uh he um he just kind of like seemed a bit of a bad mood anyway and anyway there was a set a seat next to me bearing one this is an easy jet flyer that didn't have a, a cushion on it on the on the <laughs> bottom so like so so i'm thinking what the hell has gone on there so I, I kind of just sat but then i suddenly realized that this could be a result for me yeah. this could mean this could mean that i'm gonna have no one sat next to me because no one's gonna set seat on the so he sits on the, the 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 empty plastic, and then anyway, something. Oh, great! And you had a spare seat next to you, so both got a spare seat next to us. Happy days. Um, <clears throat> and then this fella turns up, and he says, "Oh, I'm sat there, mate." And I said, "Well, I don't know if you're going to be sat there, mate. There's no seat." Um, and he went, um, "And he went, no, that's definitely my seat." And then the, the air stewardess came over to start with, and she's like, "Oh, mate, no, you can't. You're not. Well, I'm not going to do the Scottish accent. She didn't speak like me, but in the Scottish accent, she went, um, "Yeah, I'm going to." Um, uh, you're gonna, you're not, you're not gonna be able to sit sit there. The seats, the, the seats broken. You can't sit there. We have to sit you somewhere else. And I thought, result, get in. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, this guy that you described, the ginger fellow, turns up and starts taking control of the situation. And he, and he, he goes over to the seat next to you. And he starts trying to rip the seat out, and I just said, and I just said to him, "Mate, why doesn't the fella just sit there rather than rip?" And he's like, and he just gave, and he just gave me the dirtiest look ever. I said, "You're trying to rip a seat out from there. Why doesn't he just sit there?" And then everyone's happy, and he went, "Don't you speak to me like that?" <laughs> something along those lines. I went easy, mate. I'm just giving you a suggestion. I'm not, and, and everyone's like, laughing at this point yeah, as well. Like, in in the back of the plane, there's a little cluster of us that are really laughing at how he's handling this situation. And the fact that you've pointed out how ridiculous it is, he is what he's doing. He's whipping yeah. up the cushion next to me to put onto the seat next to you. Clearly, there was never going to be anyone sitting next to me. Just tend to sit next to me. Why are you yeah. making work for yourself? And that's all you were highlighting. And what I thought was quite a respectful way. And to be honest, if you're him and you play it right, you know, if that had been me, I'd just said, you know what, mate, you're fucking right. I don't know what I'm doing. I need a cup of coffee or something and laugh it off. But he never recovered from it, did he? No, exactly. He, he got more and more red, more and more agitated, more and more angry. And uh, he... um. 
uh, he just seemed to just lose the plot. So he was like literally ripping at this seat now to get it off, like struggling and really fighting with it. And then he, and, he, and I was standing like nowhere near him, really, like a bit further back because um, to give him enough space to do what he was wanting to do. And then he just started saying, he said to me, get away, get away, step back. And I'm like, mate, I'm not even near you. I'm standing and like he practically out of the plane, you know. And he was, uh, and he was, uh, he's struggling away, really angry, really getting himself agitated now. And then he puts the seat down next to me, and, then the, and, the, and the fella goes and sits in it. And I went, I went, mate, I'm not being rude, but seriously, what has that achieved? He went, don't you talk to me like that. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, fucking hell, what a rude bastard. But then it got worse. I thought that was the end of it, but it got worse after that you can you can take over from now well i'd tell you what one, one point that you're also missing at that i found hilarious and i think you found funny that i think you found it humorous that was tinged with a bit of resentment at the fact that once again walker's luck strikes i know because, that's unbelievable. because someone's ripping up a seat cushion <laughs> and putting it next to you so that oh, i don't get anyone sitting next to me i mean you can make it up really <laughs> that, that did it did at that point i just had to find your luck funny because it was just so so <laughs> surreal and so pointless yet so beneficial to you and so detrimental to me and for, for no logical yeah. reason <laughs> <laughs> but then right i mean we ain't even taken off yet by the way and yeah it just nosedive from there so someone else i think was um i don't know mooching about or whatever and uh he, he, this geezer he just went oh i'll just sit down right <laughs> so that was his parting shot so now he's got to do the demonstration right so we we're now me x and maybe one or two others in the back were laughing about the situation, right? And the way that this geezer was handling it, because it was quite comical. But you had to be there, really. But what took it to a new level that turned me and X into a couple of giggling kids at school was he now had a face of thunder. I don't think I've ever seen an angrier face in my life, right? But he's now got to do this demonstration. (laughs) So he's now with a face of thunder, pretty much evilly, me and X the whole time, showing you where the exits are, showing you where the life jackets are. And then he's put the life jacket on and we're chucking all the way through. And I don't know about you, X, the bit that really done it for me, and I don't know why, was when he had a face of thunder, he then had to demonstrate how and where to blow on the whistle. And <laughs> was, I don't know what it was about him doing that. I just fucking lost it. It, it was, I, I think what was so funny was that, like, you know, we've both got children and you know, when a child, for me, what it was is when a child has a strop, you know, when like you say to them, I don't know, <laughs> you will, you will stand still and you will put your hat on or something like that. You know, <laughs> they don't want to do and they stand there with like the most screwed up face and their, and their fists clenched and stuff. It was, it was literally like seeing my five, my three-year-old son standing there, just a lot bigger. <laughs> it's the, it's the perfect analogy what you've just used there. The perfect yeah. analogy. You painted a really good picture there. (laughs) So we were laughing, right? But I want to be very clear on this. In our defense, we wasn't disruptively laughing. We wasn't getting in the way of some important instructions from the air stewardesses here. It was just one of those laughs. You know where you're almost inwardly laughing, you can't breathe and your shoulders are going up and down. So it wasn't disruptive. But obviously he can see that we're falling apart now, right? And he's just lost it, right? (laughs) The plane is packed. We're sitting at the back, right? With that, (laughs) he's gone underneath the um compartment where you put your luggage hit some sort of random button that has stopped the audio instruction right (coughs) he's come storming and i mean stomping (laughs) 
over to where we're sitting. I thought, fuck me, he's going to clump one of us here. <laughs> he's come stomping over to us, slammed his hands down on the headrest in front of me and you. He's got about six inches away from my face. He's gone, what are you two sniggering at? <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck it, all right, mate, come on now. And even you lost it a little bit because when he then went storming back, he's gone, if you don't shut up, I'm going to report you. <laughs> I just, I, just, I just didn't know how to handle it. I mean, to be, you know, they've got, they're meant to be displaying customer service. They're meant to be treating the customer with respect. All Hello. I did is politely suggest that he could just leave that chair there. It's not like, I mean, what are you doing, you fucking prick? Why yeah, are you okay, as if you'd ever be like yeah, that. You know yeah, I mean? people that know me know I'm not like that. So I just said something like, mate, why don't you just let him sit there? There's, there's no problem. Or something perfectly yeah. cool say and I, and, I, and then he just lost the plot and the fact he was acting like such a spoiled brat just made me laugh over something that was so stupid and then to come literally in front of the whole plane stand in front of me and he shouted in our faces you know what what was it he said like what what are you yeah what are you two sniggering at like yeah, that? that's what he this said is, yeah. this is important information yeah. like that. And, I, and i just i just i just couldn't have the fact that he was being so rude and disrespectful and honestly yeah. for about a split five ten seconds and that's all my anger generally is at times i i obviously held abuse at him didn't swear wasn't rude wasn't offensive but i just said i just said you need to shut up or i'm going to report you for being rude or whatever it was what who do you think you're, uh, how what i said like what makes you think you can talk to people like that and for those five ten seconds i was going to get up and fucking rugby tackle him to the ground like i literally was and I, it actually crossed That'd my been head. incredible patron content by the way I know, exactly it actually crossed my head because i was that angry but thankfully with me is uh, by about 10 seconds i'd, I'd calmed down and, find, and see the funny side of it but what the, then there was a twist to the story at the end as well i mean for the rest oh. of the flight he's got the raging hump the whole time just stormy up and down and i swear at one point when he was serving drinks my shoulder got hot water on it and he was the one standing behind it wasn't loads but there was at least four or five drops of hot water on my shoulder and it yeah, hurt. Yeah. I mean, it didn't like scold me, but you know, you get like, oh, like that sort of yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. But I swear he did that on purpose. Yeah, 100%. And, and the beauty with no one sitting next to me, because I've got long legs, is that I, I could swing my legs round to the empty seat. So if I'd have had my left leg out, on uh, mate, I'd have lost my kneecap. He'd have smashed straight through that with a trolley. I mean, he just had the fucking raging ump, this geezer. And it was just so bizarre because... After about an hour, we've touched down in Stansted and uh, the captain thanks everyone for coming and um, wishes everyone a, a good night. Lights come on, doors open, people unclip their belts and then um, fucking hell, Angry McAnguson's gone to the fucking front of the plane and then all of a sudden another announcement's come on saying, can everyone sit back down um, and fasten his seatbelts again? So we think, what's going on here? So it was a little bit of a wait and then in the end, He's come walking back down to the end of the plane again, where we're due to get off. And he's opened the door and he stood just outside. And at the bottom of the stairs were two armed coppers. Right? How many times have any of us seen that when we've gone on holiday? Right? There, there never is, especially in this this country. And uh, it was it, it became obvious after a while that what he'd done. I don't know why, because honestly, we we hadn't been aggressive to him at all. He called in for a police escort. Because he thought that he was in a bit of trouble with us, even though all the anger was coming from him. You know, we didn't give a fuck. We just found it funny. So we're walking down the stairs, and he obviously wanted to be in sight of the copper to protect himself in case something did happen, which it never would have done. And then uh, I think one of them even walked with us for about 
20 yards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just just away from us. Honestly, um, anyone that knows me, if they could imagine, like imagine the scene if I'd actually got arrested at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just so out of character for me. Like I didn't do anything wrong. I made a perfectly reasonable suggestion and then yeah. he just literally laid into me. And, I, and then I ended up yeah. getting arrested for it all when all at best I said was shut up or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just, oh, no. He was shouting abuse in my face. Like, you know, <laughs> I know, I know. And the funny thing was, as we're coming into land, uh, I get Wi-Fi back on my phone. Now, where I live, you can see the planes coming in to Stansted. So I text the wife and kids who were obviously looking forward to seeing me. And I said, have a look. Like, I'm landing now. The next plane you'll see, and I'll, I'll be on it. And then they've texted you back saying, yeah, we can see you, daddy, and all that sort of stuff. And I just imagine the next phone call or text message would be, can you come and collect me from Chelmsford Police Station, please? They'd be like, what's happened? Did you come into land? I just love the idea, like, you're waving to them from the plane. It's all, like, happy and innocent and jovial. And then, like, five, ten minutes later, your arms are behind your back. And they're not not to the police. Yeah, well, that escalated quickly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) ludicrous. Honestly, I haven't complained about that fella because I've kind of calmed down now. And I think maybe had a bad day or something. I just can't be bothered to me. And I'm glad I've got enough time to go on holiday myself tomorrow. But I honestly, honestly think... If you are an EasyJet representative, and I don't want to be a snitch, <laughs> I'm not a snitches get stitches, but there is a fe- <laughs> there is a fellow out there that definitely needs his customer service improved, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, it's all fun and games when you go away with West Ham, though, isn't it? Yeah, <clears> I, mean, this is, I mean, I don't know how we managed to create such ridiculous stories. I mean, people, I might, think, people might think we sit there and literally make up this content. Oh, not no, at all. No, you could make half of this up, honestly. No, exactly. Literally, this is what happens. You know, like... I it's just bizarre. I actually thought I was helping the man. You know, I actually thought that was save you a job, mate. Just he could just sit there and be fine. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, no, no. And he started <laughs> ripping out the seat out the bloody chair, like <laughs> sweating like anything because he was a big yeah. bloke. Yeah, he was. Oh, it was incredible, mate. It was incredible. I can still picture him now. Like, if I shut my eyes, I think it helps the fact there's a very orange flower by me right there as well. But, <laughs> but literally, literally, if I shut shut my eyes, I can literally picture him standing at the front doing that demonstration as if he's in front of me now. Yeah, I'll never forget his face. Like I say, your analogy was perfect. He's like taking a kid to a photo shoot that you paid money for, for example, yeah. and they've got the ump and they just won't smile for the camera. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> it's exactly like that. And he, oh, it was just so funny. You had to be there, but we we probably got the giggles, me and you. And then when yeah. he stormed over, it was just so funny. It was just surreal. It was only an hour's flight. Yeah. It was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, talking of incredible... The news uh, has broken now that Jesse Lingard has joined Nottingham Forest. Now, Jesse Lingard is a name that uh, you must be so sick and tired of talking about, being asked about, and to a degree, you must be relieved that either way, uh, his future for the next 12 months at least has been sorted because you don't have to talk about him anymore other than on this podcast now. Because the first I'd heard of any interest from Nottingham Forest was, of course, from you. Mm. And then at one point you said to me, Do you know, I think there's a good chance he's going to go there, you know. And I remember saying to you, I said, there is absolutely no way he's going to Forest. It's him and his agent playing games to try and force a move to West Ham and see if they can come to a bit of a compromise on wages. Because I thought in in football terms, the move doesn't make sense to Jesse. Forest are a newly promoted club. They won't be competing for domestic trophies. They won't be playing in Europe. And most weeks, they're going to find it hard against better sides in a better division. 
and the cherry on the cake being that realistically, given his age, this is probably the last crack he's got at making the England squad for the World Cup because Gareth Southgate likes to go with youth. So he would have had a much better chance of achieving that with West Ham this season. So for all those reasons, I couldn't for one second understand why he would make that move. First and foremost, because I thought he was a football man. As it transpires, he's not. He's a pound note and a, and a, and a silly TikTok video man these days. And he's only committed to one year with no option, which means that in 12 months' time, he'll get another big move after he's creamed it off a of forest, probably to the MLS. And that'll be the last we see of him. But do you know what, X? I've, I've got to be honest, mate. I'm not actually even that pissed off about it because I've said on the previous show that I had my concerns with him coming back. So now he isn't. We move on and it's no big deal. And someone asked me on Twitter, actually, uh, recently, I've just seen it, I had a chance to reply, uh, if I would now put Jesse up there with Arnie, Dimitri and Paul Ince. No, I wouldn't because Jesse hasn't hurt us. He hasn't left us when we needed him. He wasn't even our player. If we... If he wants to choose a pound note over West Ham, then fuck him. You know, he was decent for us, tailed off a bit towards the end, but he ain't that special. And if he was that special, he wouldn't be going to Nottingham Forest. So uh, I think the whole thing's a bit of a carve up. Am I frustrated or angry with West Ham that we didn't get the deal done? To be honest, given the amount of money that he wants, no, I'm not. Because I, despite the fact you're getting him on a free transfer, I think that would be overpaying him. And two, it could potentially upset the apple cart and have players banging on his door, demanding more money because of what Jesse's on. Um, so, no, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. But from your perspective, mate, how do you feel about the news? Well, as I said, like you said, I'm very pleased I don't have to talk about him for another year. Annoying that it is another year, because you know in January it's going to start circulating that West Ham want him again, and I, I just I just can't be bothered to deal with him anymore. Um more, I, th- I think it's worrying in the sense that obviously he was Moyes' number one target and we haven't got him. I think it's worrying in the sense that we spent so much time trying to get him. I think it's worrying in the sense that he told people at the club, very well-placed people in the club, and I know this happened because I spoke to them and they've got no reason to, to lie to me that he was going to come to West Ham. And then obviously his agent wasn't happy with the terms on offer, tried to get a better deal. His agent is his dad, it's worth noting. Tried to get him a better deal, phoned around, see if anyone else would offer more. Nottingham Forest said they would so then they pimped out the move to him now the thing is the, 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 I'm going to talk about this deal in more detail in my section but you know it's hard to know exactly what was offered but the bottom line is what frustrates me about Jesse Lingard more than anything is the cryptic shit on social media the, the fella's 29 you know, going to be 30 this year. Yes, he wants to make him his name as a TikToker or whatever it is he's trying to do. But, but whilst you're a professional footballer and you've got England ambitions and you've got, you know, clubs after you and fan bases to respect, don't behave like that. I mean, I can't imagine he's going to get a good reception. Now we play Forest second game of the season. I'd imagine that it's going to get a quite bad reception. Of course, it's his choice if he wants to go and make more money elsewhere. Footballer's career is short. So I, I do understand that. He's got no loyalty to West Ham as such. You know, yes, he played on loan and had a good loan spell for us. But he's not a West Ham fan. He's not a Londoner. He's not a, you know, a hero of West Ham. You know, he, so... So it's up to him whether he makes that move for money. But what I dislike the most is the, the longness that it's been going on for. The fact that he, he the fact every couple of months he'd twerk something to West Ham fans about, you know, showing pictures of him at the club or whatever. All the, that 
that video where he walked out of his house, wherever he was, and those thought bubbles and which car he was going to get into and then posting stuff about a chicken run and, you know, what, mm. you know, he's just playing games all the time. Yeah, it's like he's I, getting I, off on it, isn't it? It is. It's weird. It's really, really odd. And I just think, mate, if you just kept quiet, you know, and, and he just said, look, I wanted to join West Ham, but not to worry, offered me more money. I've got a daughter, football career is short. Um, I want to just make as much money as I can and see the future of my daughter. Uh, you know, people would be disappointed that he's chosen money over a football career, but most of us would have to respect that if that is his intentions. But it's the, it's the videos and all the, the crap that goes with him that's the most frustrating thing. And for me... You know, I never, I said on this podcast last week, and unfortunately, people that listen to this podcast will know a lot of the West Ham news accounts out there, and I get on with them all. They're all decent fellas, but they like to sensationalise things. So I, I never said Jesse Lingard was close. I said a couple of people believed he was. I actually said that I would expect there'll be a last minute change, and that until he's at the training ground, with the pen in hand ready to sign, I wouldn't feel too confident about it. And that's actually exactly what happened. That's exactly how the narrative played out. But of course, people have tried to twist it and say, because these news accounts say, I said it was close, that I've mucked up again. No, the story was actually as I called it. But what's frustrating is, is that I knew that there would be last minute twists. I knew that Jesse would never commit to something because he was just courting extra money from elsewhere and the whole saga's dragged on for way too long i think it's been a bit embarrassing for west ham if i'm honest with you you know our number one target doesn't you know chose not to join us not you know to join manchester city or liverpool or whatever chose to join nottingham forest a newly promoted team who i actually think are going to do quite well this year i'm going to say not just because of lingard because of the other signings they've made i actually think they'll stay up but um they um they still they still are not where West Ham are. And I think that's embarrassing and it's been so drawn out in the press. You know, people can say the likes of me leaked all that news. Jesse Lingard leaked it himself. If all the TikTok stuff he was doing, so it's going to be out there anyway. So the whole saga is bloody annoying. But what makes it more annoying is next year, you know, the whole speculation is going to start again. Does he sign for Forest? Will West Ham come back in for him? No. What I think happened is that he'll get, like you said, a big move to the MLS or Saudi Arabia and he'll just play out the rest of his career there playing earning fortunes because that seems to be his motivator but i am glad that i don't have to mention his name anymore during these sections yeah listen i'm not just saying this with hindsight i mean the way he's conducted himself and the reasons why he's gone to forest and the lack of commitment he's given them um i think we've dodged a bullet I, honestly you can listen back i think it might even have been last week's show where i highlighted my concerns about him coming back to west ham on a permanent basis so I wasn't kind of chomping at the bit to get him anyway. I mean, I, I would have taken him, definitely would have taken a punt on him. But there is a reason why it's Nottingham Forest that are the only club that are prepared to pay that money. You know, none of the, the so-called big clubs are interested in him. West Ham were the biggest club that wanted to take him. So if he if he's literally choosing a pound note over West Ham, and it's what, the second time he's turned us down now? Oh, God help us if we're going to go in for him again in a year's time. I hope we don't. You know, let's fuck him off now. It's bigger and better. There's, there's better options out there than Jesse Lingard, surely, especially at the age he'd be then. I mean, what would he be, 31? And then he probably is ready for the Saudi Arabian retirement home, which is probably where he'll end up. But I, I don't think people should beat themselves up too much about it. I really don't. And, um, you know, I will say, uh, hand on heart, I back the club. I mean, I know you said it's embarrassing on West Ham's part. I know the PR wrap round it wasn't great. I back the club in this. 
Um, whether it was Moise's top target or not, uh, there's no way I'd have paid Jesse Lingard, what, 180 grand or whatever it is he wanted. And I, I don't know what the report it is around what Forrest had paid. Maybe you'll cover that in your section. But you, you can't have players like Declan Rice and Kurt Zuma on 60, 70, 80 grand less than him. It's going to cause problems. And I think there was a really good chance that he could come back and not be the Jesse Lingard that we had before. So if he's not performing like he was before, he's not performing like a 180 grand a week player and Declan and Kurt are smashing it, then it's going to be like, Gaffer, we need to come to a deal here because, you know, he's, he's giving us nothing and he's earning fucking 80 grand more than we are. Mm. So, you know, you have to draw the line somewhere. I'm all for ambition and stretching that structure when it comes to wages. But that that would have obliterated it. And um, I'm just not convinced that we would have been getting a player that would have been worth that risk, personally. So I'm, I'm pretty relaxed about it. What I'm not relaxed about, and obviously we'll learn more in your section, is kind of a bit of a stall on bodies coming through the door. You know, I trust the gaffer 100% that the players he's going to bring in are going to be the right players. So I'm excited by that. I just want these deals to happen. Whoever they are, I want them to come through the door. Um, and that's that's where my head's out of it all at the moment. But yeah, no, fuck him. That's um, that's how I feel, Lingard. Um, no, no sort of um, no sort of real emotion to it at all. Numbness, really. Good luck mm. to him if he wants to run a pound note and do fucking TikTok videos at the age of thirty. And that's his prerogative. Mm. But let's move on to something else uh, before we get to your section. The Predictions League. Now, thanks to everyone so far that signed up for another season. I just wanted to go on record and publicly say that X, and I mean this as a friend. If you don't want to sign up this year because of the potential embarrassment of a full straight defeat, I would understand that, mate. Um, I don't know what your intentions would. are. Of course you would. You quit fantasy football after two months. <laughs> oh, if you're you're not, not still playing that card, yeah, surely. Of course, of course, mate. And squash and everything else. <laughs> squash. <laughs> mate, you're digging a hole for yourself now. <laughs> FIFA, that time I beat you once, you stormed out the house to have a fag. I've done a fucking litre of spiced rum up until that game. I was doing you six and seven nils. It's, yeah, but that's like, I don't know, Frank McAvenny turning up pissed and saying, well, the re- I am a good player, I just didn't score goals because I was on the booze. Well, I'd say fair enough, have, Frank. Have, no, that's for, we should have let me prof- known before. We wouldn't have played have, you. But. You should have had more professionalism, shouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you only got yourself to blame. <laughs> to be fair, I, I thought that I could still beat you in a, a litre of spice rum. I probably thought I could beat you in my sleep, to be honest. So yeah, I'll be hands up. You caught me at the most vulnerable moment. And then you choose at that time. Forget all the other results that have gone before. You choose that time to take a picture and put it on Twitter as if like you're comfortably beating me every fucking game. You know, whilst I was out having a fag, I felt you cheeky dog. I did more than that, mate. What I did is I went to the highlight section and recorded the goals. <laughs> <laughs> you probably still play it back now. Yeah, oh. that, like, um, like, you... <laughs> Luis Suarez scoring for Liverpool, whatever it was. <laughs> Stevie G, top corner. Yeah, yeah. So, where's your head with the predictions league? I mean, I'm assuming you've signed up. Uh, I haven't actually. Yeah, I should really get my arse into gear. I don't think I have anyway. Not that I remember. No, I might have actually. No, I have. I have. Um, my head is that it's impossible to beat you. It's like you know when you Thanks, play mate. that, you know, like you play that computer game, right? And you and you and you could be really good at it in like the, a sort of a fighting game or whatever. And you make your way along the level, and you're beating everyone up. You know, it's easy as pie. And then you come to the final. Let like end of the level. And there's this fucking huge big boss bloke, you know, like the, that's got like five <laughs> five machine guns, yeah, like Goro from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, exactly. Like literally, the eight arms. Every, yeah, yeah, literally, like almost 
nigh on impossible to be. Like it's literally like that with you. But but what makes it more frustrating is that there's a little leprechaun running around sp sprinkling lucky dust everywhere as well. So no no not only not only are they good at it, but there's this little lucky pot involved, and it's just it's just all so it's a nigh on impossible task. So the the, the way the way I the way the way I see it as I'm not even going to focus on you and your results now. I'm just going to do what I I need to do for myself. And if I can finish 20, 25th or whatever it was I did last time, then I'm going to take that as a good result. I don't care what happens to you, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe that for one second, but um, I, I can understand what you're saying. And, I, and I, honestly, mate, hand on heart, I wish you the best of luck. And I've said this to you before, I'll say it again. If, you know... For a few weeks or oh, mate, even a few months if you want my advice on, on what scores you should be predicting just ask i mean that's what friends are for you know i'm the always at the end of the phone the best thing i'd like you to do is just lend me that um crystal ball you have that's that's <laughs> the, that's the thing i want the one that you just press that goes west ham two arsenal one and that's what i want <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be something like that or all those fish in your tank where you put the balls in and, that, and you get them to head which score it's gonna be whatever fucking <laughs> freaky thing it is that you do i want to know <laughs> but no it is always good fun and uh, like i say thanks to everyone that signed yeah. up so far and um get involved because there's still plenty of sign-ups left it's an unlimited competition so i'm sure that everyone that played last season will agree it is good fun and it makes match days a bit more exciting across the board really other than just west ham and you know that there are prizes on offer so do get involved and uh, as the season approaches it's better to do that sooner rather than later and talking about the season approaching we have our first pre-match event of the season before the Man City game at O'Neill's in Leighton Stone. And it's fair to say, X, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that because we miss them, don't we? Yeah, we do miss them. It's great to interact with, uh, with uh, you know, fans of the show and fans of the events and stuff. It's really good to have, um, you know, that atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere. Everyone's positive. Everyone's you know, there for West Ham. It's a West Ham environment. Um, obviously, Wardy's a really good host. And then we have Steve Potts. And as I said, I think last week, Steve Potts has got so much to offer. A player, over 500 appearances, over numerous, you know, uh, uh, sort of, teams um, he was in the 86 squad didn't play I think he played once but he was in that squad and then played throughout most of the 90s and then you've got um, in fact all of the 90s and then you've got um uh, the fact that he is a coach at the club as well, a highly respected coach at the club, and both of his sons, one played for the club, Dan, and the other still plays for the club in Freddie. So he brings a wealth of differing opinions and knowledge. So, you know, I think you'd be a fool to miss that one personally. Yeah, couldn't agree more, mate. Couldn't agree more. Right, okay, it's time to see what's what. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who... They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. 
Just ask your neighbors. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.